Alexa, play Flash TV Talk. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more from the Hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell! Man, how you doing tonight? Lovely. <laughs> yeah! Oh, man, you look so lovely. In fact, I feel as if I am loving you, or falling in love with you all over uh, on this episode, Bell. I, I think that, um, you know, maybe, maybe this is the episode where we rekindle our uh, bromance. Our, our, I, I was unaware that our bromance was ever unkindled. I don't know, man. You're getting engaged. Things are, you know, what they are. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just saying. I, I, I am engaged, actually. I'm getting married. Yes, that's that's what I said. That's what I said. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, man. No, no, no. Love is in the air. Of course it is. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. And not just how happy Valentine's Day to all of you, but we got to give kind of a unique shout out because by, by the time this episode goes live, I'm not exactly sure when it's going to all fall out. It'll probably be like a day too late, but happy birthday this week to uh, Dr. Allen. Uh, DR Dr. Allen, of course, uh, a longtime listener and a, a patron supporting the show at patreon.com slash TV talk. By the way, shouts out also to uh, Jason Thompson in the, uh, in the chat right now saying, that uh, he just locked down a new job. So big shout out to you because he says once he gets that first paycheck, he's becoming a patron too. So absolutely happy to have you. And of course, uh, we've been uh, wanting y'all's help because we are trying to get enough support so that we can do a Earth 90 Flash TV talk. Going back to that JWS uh, series and doing that entire show during the the summer hiatus. So uh, if you want to see that happen, head over to patreon.com slash TV talk to make that happen. Uh, All right, Bell. Are you ready to jump into this episode? Because I feel like, um, I, I feel, I just, I know, like you say, love is in the air and uh, I feel it's time for uh, Cupid to shoot his arrow right through the heart of Flash fans everywhere. All right. That sounds like the best segue ever. <laughs> Let's jump into the rundown. The rundown. Episode 11 of season six, Love is a Battlefield. Directed by Suds Sutherland and story by Kelly Wheeler and Jeff Hirsch. Bell, what, what, seriously, what happened this episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, Barry and Iris's Valentine's date is interrupted by Amunet Black, who steals a valuable briefcase containing a device. The two track Amunet to Ivo Labs, where she is confronted by her ex-boyfriend Goldface, who gets away with the device Amunet was attempting to steal. Barry and Iris witness the confrontation between them before leaving with the device in the briefcase. After a brief argument with Barry over life choices, Iris allies herself with Aminette by giving her the device. Afterwards, Aminette and Goldface reconcile, as do Barry and Iris, who is revealed to be trapped in the mirror at McCulloch Tech, and that was Ava was impersonating her the whole time. So we think. Me- so we think. Uh, meanwhile, Frost convinces Allegra to reconnect with her ex-boyfriend while Nash starts seeing visions of Harry. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, sorry. I, I just realized that uh, that that was a description kind of uh, tips the bean can a little bit on some of our theories as regards to who exactly was that Iris that we saw. Because I I don't know that it's necessarily guaranteed to be Ava. I mean, there's there's other. I mean, if it's not, they better have a pretty good explanation as to why. Well, it's there's there's theories to be had, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But man, let's let's first start off with the um, you know, since we're since we're already tipping the bean can right over, flipping it over, pop, pouring out all the beans everywhere. Let me just go ahead and say this. What was up with this episode? Because like like 90 percent of it. Uh, no, that's not even fair, actually, because I, I loved all the Iris thing. But the, the, the whole crux of the episode was the goofiest, cheesiest, most bizarre. <laughs> I, I felt emotions, Bell, and I know they wanted me to because, of course, it's Valentine's Day. But my point is, it was just a mess. And I don't know if it was a beautiful mess or just a tragic mess, but it was a mess up until the last five minutes where it was the most amazing episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> took a real turn there in the last five minutes. But uh, yeah, that's my overall general feels on this episode before we dive in but i'm kind of curious as to where you were because I, as i was watching it i was trying to text you and you were like yeah I'm, I'm not watching it live and so you know i'm doing the live tweeting that sort of thing so i jump into the discord and then we're all kind of piling on and discussing and all that kind of great stuff but what about you bell what was your overall take of this episode well, well, so I, I, I picked up my phone because I saw the Discord notification and I realized that uh, even if it's the Flash Spoilers channel, it'll still show you the message. Oh, we got to figure that out. 
<laughs> so I, I kind of got the hairy bit spoiled for me, but um, uh, you know that that was you know something I was kind of anticipating, but I didn't I didn't know how how it happened in the episode or anything like that. So it wasn't like you know that big of a deal. Um, but um, yeah, so I, I saw you tweet. You're speaking of the live tweeting. Like I saw you tweet out that uh, Amunet should be more of a Legends villain, and uh, I I think that this episode should have been a Legends episode. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> this, man. Okay, you just you took my mind and you put it out there. Absolutely, hundred percent. That is really kind of the way in which as I kind of rethought about this episode and reframed it, I was like, no, I think we just saw a legends episode happen on the flash because bell, I mean, as, as the, uh, as one of the three prolific podcasters of, uh, legends TV talk, you are well aware that legends is a glorious masterpiece of just cheese to the max, right? Yeah. Just like theater absurdia, like, you know, dialed up to 11. Right. And so as long as you kind of know that going in, then, you know, you can enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with cheese. It's delicious. You know, enjoy your candy. It might not be healthy for you, but you can still enjoy it for what it is. And, oh, yeah. and once I got that, I think the moment that I got that really in this episode was the point at which Barry shot the lightning through the, the, the potion, like Cupid shooting his arrow. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. This is supposed to be ridiculous. You know, like, of course it is. Because, I mean, for one thing, it's Amunet, who has always been a little bit more over-the-top, ridiculous goofiness and that sort of thing. And it's also Goldface, who is... <laughs> I thought was dead, but he guess not. <laughs> Dude, I think they there was a throwaway line in his episode where they made mention of the fact that I think he, he lived or he survived. But beyond that, it's, it's we're living in a post-crisis world. Everybody that was dead before is alive now, so... You know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and again, you know, it wasn't one of those things. Oh, you know, yeah. I think there was a throwaway line. I, I recall that, but yeah, you know, it's, it's post crisis. So even if he was dead, he's not. You know, it's it's a whole new world, whole new villains. But see, here's the thing: because of there's nothing wrong with the goofiness or the cheesiness of of that storyline. I want to start off with the storyline because I actually there's a lot in this episode to unpack that I I think is really good. But you have to kind of like dig through the sugar to get to the. Uh, the meat, so to speak. And so the, the, the Tootsie Roll center of the Tootsie Pop. Yeah, something of that nature. Which is, you know, oddly enough, the worst part of the Tootsie Pop. Yeah, that, that's, um, the, you know what? That's a. I think you just blew my mind, Bell. I never really even thought about that. That kid was messed up. That, Mr. Yeah. Owl should have put that kid straight. Like, what, what, what are you even talking about? Don't get through this fast. Like, enjoy it. Once you get to the Tootsie Pop, it's no good. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So Tootsie Roll centers of Tootsie Pops, not notwithstanding. Um, yeah. So the difficulty here, I think, and I, I could be, this is what I gathered from the, the majority of feedback that we saw and some of the discussion that was going on, on Twitter is that it was really just difficult to stay engaged with this episode because of how little everyone cares about Amunet and Goldface's relationship that we just found out about, right? Like, I get it. On paper, it's funny. Two of the silliest villains out there with some of the silliest names and power sets are going to, you know, fall in love, and it's metal and gold, right? So, like, there's the whole, uh, you know, the the metallic or the um, uh, elemental nature of of that relationship, I suppose. But, yeah, it's all goofy, and that's great, but this is the flash in a post-crisis world where we kind of need a little bit more than goofiness. Like we're, we're kind of here for, for more than that. Right. Yeah. But you see legends has broken my brain. So like, yeah, it was a dumb episode and uh, it didn't like fit with a lot of the other flash episodes. I still liked it. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I appreciated know, it, was- <laughs> it more once I saw it through that lens. I will say that. And, and you know, there was some things like, like they, they just turned Goldface into like, Carlton Banks in like a really weird way. I was like, wait, what? Uh, okay. <laughs> I went to Yale. <laughs> like, I was like, wait, wait, what? She, she introduced you to, okay. All right. What? All right. Goldface. That's fine. Whatever. And you know, call him the, call him the pseudo onesie. I like that. Everybody was calling it onesie. That's a good, that was a good bet. I will say that. That was a good bet. And again, you know, Amunet, she has her critics. She has her fans. Um, I, I think she's fine for what she is, but I really did le- leave this episode thinking like, you know, she would really make a good addition to Legends of Tomorrow. Um, but, you know, we, we have to keep in mind, though, that Barry and, and the Flash's rogues are pretty ridiculous. Like, if you go and you look at them, you know, the comic book versions of them. 
And so oh, I, I think, I, yeah, I, I think it's it's wise to remember that <laughs> when we see these ridiculous villains, uh, a, a guy called the turtle. I mean, come on. Okay. Like, <laughs> okay. Okay. No, no, no. That is a fair Rainbow point. Raider. A fair, well, like the okay. comic book version. So, so you're getting into something that, that, that I, I totally agree with. Right. And in fact, even as this episode was going on, I was thinking like, how great would it be to see Goldface and Rainbow Raider and like a, a, like a, like a B team of all the rogues that are just the most ridiculous in, in concept. You know what I mean? Like get them yeah. all together. I think that would be amazing. And we know that Rainbow Raider's back, which is glorious. So I can't wait to see how they, how he plays on. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. You're right. There is a silly factor to the Flash's rogues gallery. And I don't think that we should treat this show as if it's, you know, uh, preseason five Game of Thrones or anything like that. Right. So, I mean, like there, there, yeah. there is an aspect that is absolutely true. But I would argue, Bell, that there is a spectrum that has been the DC television universe that is Arrow season one to Legends of Tomorrow, right? In terms of kind of yes. like like serious, play it straight, go you know go for for very kind of hardcore realism, and then there is the uh, you know insane goofiness of like you know giant Furby that we're all attacking, right? So yes, yes, and both can exist in this universe, and I think it's a beautiful thing. I've often talked about part of what I. Uh, had loved about the MCU uh, back when the Netflix series were part of it, and I, I still think that that might might be the case, but we'll we'll find out as things you know pan out here. But is that you know in uh, in in the Netflix uh, Jessica Jones series, we had some of the darkest moments of of that entire universe and franchise, where the you know the woman's wife is her, she's bleeding out on her carpet, and it's just it's awful. But at yep. the exact same time, there's a talking raccoon somewhere up in space getting drunk with a tree. You know what I mean? Like that, that exists. Like both of these extremes can exist within the universe because extremes exist within our own universe, right? Like there is goofy things and tragic things simultaneously happening at opposite corners of the world at any given moment. So all that to say, there's nothing wrong with the craziness or anything like that. There's a beauty in having, you know, these different tonal uh, takes that can exist within a large universe or, or in, in fact, a large multiverse that we have here. The thing is the series are our lens into that universe and flash has always to me felt very firmly placed right between like at the very center bell of legends and arrow season five. So when it tends to go one way or the other, it can be a little too much. If we get like sad Barry getting all grim, then it, it feels a little off. If we get ambient, like an entire episode dedicated to Amunet and gold faces rekindling their romance. We never knew existed. It feels a little <laughs> off. And that that's kind of that's that's where I feel like my my criticism comes from in, in terms of the way in which this episode was structured or the way the amount of weight that was given to that particular storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I, th- I think you're correct. But uh, again, you know, like you said, it's important to view these shows in that kind of spectrum. And, and even within the seasons of The Flash, we've had that spectrum uh uh, come out where there have been Absolutely. some episodes that are more serious than others, and I, I think this was just the case. This was a this was a thing where it was, uh, which I you know, I was hoping with them splitting up the storylines and um, you know having two main villains this season that we'd see less kind of filler. Mm. Um, but I will say this though. Um, while this, I it did feel like a tremendous filler episode. It didn't really move along very much anything until the last, you know, five minutes Ooh, or so. In those last five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it still was enjoyable to me in that it was this kind of like goofy reprieve from from serious mode. <laughs> okay, and, and okay. I, and I think that's just that's just my legend's poisoned brain is you know <laughs> spiked, not poisoned, spiked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, I I think if we're gonna have uh, filler episodes, I would rather them be entertaining and kind of outside the normal scope of the season in order to kind of maintain the uh the seriousness of the overall arc right like yeah this this wasn't a part of the overall arc it, it didn't feel out of place in that it wasn't like you know them going around mcculloch technologies and like fighting black sun and like cracking jokes and you know right doing stuff like that it was black it was sun. like a side uh, black hole right <laughs> yeah uh you know it, it wasn't it wasn't in that context. It was in a different context and it was goofy. And I, I feel like, you know, if you're going to do filler episodes like that and you're not going to tie them into the main storyline, I think it's fine to kind of like veer off and do something fun okay. because flash is a comic book character and, you know, comics are fun. And so let's, let's have fun sometimes. And, um, <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not lessening the story of black hole. We're not lessening, uh, any of that. Uh, but it is goofy and it is out of place. And I can see why people wouldn't like that and, and would be, you know, 
kind of yawning over this episode for sure. But uh, here's why, though, you know, I think that that the the full on yawn of this episode is not fair. Because there's, aside from everything you just said, which I think is absolutely, yes, you're, you're exactly right. It's good to have some fun, especially after some of the heaviness and, and the whiz-bang of, of crisis and, and everything else. It's great. It's wonderful. It's a special episode. It's Valentine's Day. But here's the other thing. Like, there's some really good stuff that happened this episode. Iris's overall arc this episode, question mark, Iris's overall arc this episode <laughs> yeah. was fantastic. And, you know, I think there's a lot to unpack here. For one thing, we we... How do I say this? So it's it's difficult to go into the discussion about what happened to Iris without first identifying, like talking about what happened at the end, right? Because you can't really unpack everything that happened for the character until you acknowledge who the character was that we saw. And so the assumption by everybody and their grandma is that it's that it's Ava, right? We we heard that um, you know that uh, uh, Ava McCullough was actually you know is is kind of behind the scenes in some form of fashions at McCulloch Tech and. Uh, it would make some sense. You know, someone actively pulled Iris in. So perhaps, you know, she took Iris's form or took her body in some form or fashion and, and possessed it to return back to the real world. Um, but I, I, I do you think, first of all, I guess, Bell, is that is that what you think happened? So, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a body swap kind of thing where um, uh, Ava took her form. And perhaps memories, mm. things like that, mm-hmm. uh, because otherwise I don't know how she'd be able to like pull off a, a good Iris. And you know that said, that kind of worries me because like I, I think you're absolutely right. Like all the things that Iris is saying, like I'm not going to be your damsel anymore. Uh, I am. I am. I'm all grows up. You know, I have my own team, uh, and I am. I deserve to be in the field. Like that was great. That was awesome. That was such a, a needed moment for Iris's character. But the question is. When we, when, when Iris, you know, eventually comes back and we defeat Eva, like, or Ava, is this, is this going to stay? Is this going to be a thing that's going to continue um, with Iris' character? And that's what kind of worries me about that is because I thought all of those things were great. Um, I, th- <clears throat> I thought that, that the real Iris would have handled it differently uh, without being so uh, angry and mad at Barry. But I still think that those kinds of things need to happen and those things need to be said from the real iris all right so i'm gonna throw a curveball out here i don't think that was eva or hmm. if it is eva i don't think it's just eva i think i think that eva split iris in two yeah so it's like so it's like this is the uh, uh mirror mirror universe this is the um uh goatee iris the kind of like yes evil evil tendencies but, but not iris. evil tendencies iris not evil iris no but like literally like it, it might be more of like um kind of an, an id ego thing, right? So you're, you're dealing with kind of the, the aspect of her personality that, that uh, perhaps has been to some extent repressed. And, and her so, ambition and drive driven up to like 11. Right. So Eva may have uh, split Iris from that standpoint because she would need, as you point out, like the memories, the, the knowledge and that sort of thing. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of wondering if that's the case, if, if we're actually dealing, cause I, I don't think that we just saw Eva in a body snatch situation and that that was not like that the lines and the growth. I think that was all Iris. I really do. But I think it was a part of Iris. I think she's been split into in some form or fashion. The other idea is that we could be dealing with a literal mirror version of Iris that has existed in the mirror universe. Right. So the idea Mm. is that that this is uh, this is her. This is a version of her that exists in the mirror universe while she exists in this one. And she just swapped places. Um, a la us, right? Like this, this idea that, uh, while things are going on in the overworld, things are, are simultaneously happening in the underworld. Um, so this is the version and think about this too. If that's the case, then what's good. The person that you are in the overworld in the real world is the one calling the shots. Whereas the other person in the mirror world is forced to do the things that you're doing because you are the real, right? Whereas the other person is the mirror. Well, if that what is this us? Well, no. It's it's taking concepts of us and applying them to the mirror universe, right? This is just a theory. Yeah. I'm just again, curveball, right? So if yeah. this could be the case where literally, you know, the version of her that lives in the mirror universe is having to actively do the things that she is doing, and so now that version has been freed, and so and so now she actually gets to do the things that she always wished she could do, right? Um. But again, that's a that's a whole other theory. Anyway, I'm just pointing out the fact that I'm not so sure 
that it is a guarantee that that was just Eva and not in some form or fashion, either Iris or a Iris or a version of Iris or like half of Iris. Cause I really, it, it was too close to Iris. It's too, too real. Some of that stuff she was saying is far too real for it not to be Iris for it to just be somebody who's, you know, in, in, a, in an Iris suit, so to speak. Yeah, but um, pancakes, Bo. She can cook now. Yeah, that is clearly not Iris. Yeah, okay. I, 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 the pancakes. You're right. It's Eva. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but I mean, I thought great arc, but it's it's going to be difficult to see what the lasting impact is until we really know what's going on. But man, that reveal at the end with some straight up Black Mirror stuff right there. Yeah, that was super cool. And like you know, the moment that she cooked the pancakes, I was like, that's not. That's not Iris. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, like like for real. Like and, and then like that's 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 what made it so hard to hear her say all those lines where it's like, yes, you're right. All of these things you're saying are right, but it's not you. Uh or, you know, it's some version of you or whatever. And so I I was like super happy to see that stuff. But then at the same time, I was, you know, worried that this is going to be a thing where it's not going to stick. And I want it to stick because I think those character moments for Iris are important and it's about time we've seen them. Yeah. Mm. It's going to be interesting, man. This is going to be interesting. I just, we need to know more. And I think that this right here, this plot line right here is so good, uh, which makes it all the weirder that it was like, like wrapped, like, (laughs) like this other, this other aspect of the episode was wrapped around it and was so over the top that it kind of almost takes away from how good uh, this story is. But anyway, so yes, so there's that. The other aspect that's going on with old uh, uh, citizen, our team citizen is, we got Allegra, man. Allegra uh, has a boy, and she likes the boy. And uh, Caitlin's trying to play matchmaker. Um, that's the story. And, and well, and there's social media stalking and uh, life lessons learned by by Frost. Uh, and yeah, and that that's the story. That's that's the story. Yeah, not a lot to unpack there, except for the fact that uh, Frost seems to have figured out that Nash is is has some sort of paternal relationship to her. Um, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm watching this and bell. I'm so frustrated with this story as I'm live tweeting it. I just don't even call him Nash anymore. I just call him not Harry. And so I just keep on referring to him (laughs) as not Harry every single time I'm talking about him. And then all of a sudden bell, the last five minutes happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So not Harry saw Harry. (laughs) Like I, I could care less about this story. And then the last five minutes happened. So insane before we actually get into that. Um, Anything about it? Like, what what are your thoughts with with Nash? I mean, are you are you getting behind him? Do we even really know what he's after at this point? Because we know the whole Allegra relationship, but we don't really know much more beyond that, right? Well, so that's the thing with with Harry is uh, or any Harry, not not just Harry, but like you know any Wells, right? Is that their relationship with Cisco kind of defines them? Uh, it, it, it's, Ooh, it's always kind of been like that, right? And, yeah. and so I'd never thought about that before. I, that that's that's kind of what I've picked up is that you know every time we see uh, a a Cisco Wells relationship, both of the characters grow from it in in a positive direction. And so since Cisco's been out and Nash really hasn't had that much build up because of Crisis, you know, with Cisco earlier, it's 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 kind of hard for me to to sort of get behind this to get behind Nash just because uh, that Cisco's so important for me to kind of like you know smooth the rough edges on the Wells. And the Nat or the, the Harry or the Wells rather kind of like, you know, help Cisco positively as well. So like, you know, they, they, they both rub on each other and, and then they come off like, you know, smoother and, and whatnot. And so we're just not seeing that with this with Nash. And so it's just been really different. And so it's, it's kind of throwing me a curveball. Right. So um, the doppelganger dad aspect of it is, is interesting, but I'm, I'm still more interested to see Cisco's. uh you know, relationship with Nash than I am for Nash to kind of figure out his deal with uh, Allegra. You know, I just realized something. So Allegra's whole thing was with her cousin, right? Her cousin was ultraviolet. Yes. So that would have been Nash's niece. Yes. Interesting. So there's some, and then, then there's this whole other aspect of like, you know, uh, clearly Allegra has some sort of like, she was Nash's daughter on one universe, but obviously another universe, uh, the Wells daughter is Jesse quick. And then of course, another universe is, uh, Wells never had a daughter and, you know, anyway, and then of course, another universe is Wells had the whole thing with, um, the Sherlock counterpart. 
Yeah, and in the multiple wives, right? That are all the same person and just doppelgangers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, was, oh, that was brilliant. Oh yeah. man, yeah. that's the thing, man. We've we've just been through so many of them. It's it's bizarre. It just seems a bizarre take that seems to be covering up something. And I I did not know what was going on. And I'm not saying that I do, but something happened in the last five minutes of this episode that is maybe re, re, re-energized my interest in this character. And that's going to bring us to this week's Speedster Speculation. Bell! Hashtag Harry lives. Hashtag Harry in some form or another lives. Yeah. Li- well, Harry lives question mark, right? Like that would be. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Harry lives. <laughs> so it is interesting that we got such an emphasis on Harry when uh, Cisco was kind of lamenting last episode, the lack of all of the various wells of the multiverse and why we'd end up with Nash and, you know, the, the re- revelation that he has, he was getting his intelligence back to some extent. We see here what appears to be Nash having a vision. Is that how you interpreted that? Or do you think that there actually was a Harry present that just did a, you know, be spent well, You want to know what I really think? You think it's Eobartha? <laughs> no, 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 not, not at all. Not at all. all right. I think we had a merger of worlds into one, right? Okay. I, I think we had a merger of Harry's into one. And now all of the Harry's across the multiverse now reside in one Nash Wells. And so I think it's a thing where uh, there, this is a thing perhaps kind of like a Caitlin Frost, uh, Killer Frost sort of vibe where we're going to see, since we can't go and get multiple new Harry's each, each, uh, each season, all the Harry's kind of reside in one body. And so they're going to pop forward and have different personalities and things like that, like different Wells's. So I think it's been a personality merge into one Wells. Okay. All right. So you think he's like a mix down of all the Wells. And so he's, he's, why would he be cognizant of that? But nobody else in the multiverse is like, uh, because he's Harrison Wells and he's super smart and he did some kind of thing to like ensure that would happen. Uh, so you're saying that one of the Wells of the infinite Wells, they got mixed down figured out that this might happen and therefore did something in his own like DNA so that would he be combined with other wells, he could kind of fight his way to the forefront. Perhaps, or maybe Oliver did it. Uh, okay. I mean, hmm. so I, I have another idea too. Okay. Uh, and this is, this is, has to do with the mirror universe is that uh, oh, perhaps, ooh. Yeah, perhaps that there is a uh, a mirror version of Wells. A- again, a thing where they they realize that crisis is happening, that the the worlds are going to merge down, and so in order to save either one or all or some of the Wellses, uh, they created a portal into the mirror dimension that they're now able to. I don't see. I don't. I don't know though, because like the, the the question that I have about that is that when Ava came out, did anybody else come out with her? Assuming that that was Ava. Um, assuming that that was Ava and not like a split of Iris or something like that. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a, a Wells in the mirror dimension that came out and maybe it's Harry. Um, okay. Interesting. Interesting. It does seem that if we go based off what we, we know so far, which is very little that, um, in order for someone to leave the mirror universe, they need someone to enter in, right? Like Iris had to enter in or at least be pulled into the mirror universe to be replaced and we didn't have another wells on earth although you're saying this could have happened on on his earth pre-crisis yeah okay it's a stretch i'm not gonna lie man that's a stretch no it's totally a stretch i i still like my idea of all the wells is kind of like retreating to the, the uh the, temporal zone the mega and, wells or something like yeah that. so they can have like the the citadel the, the citadel of wells in uh you know the, oh the right time. right 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 yeah yeah like that, that that's what i really want to happen that's what i hope has happened but i don't know if, if nothing else like, just there. for multiple tom cavanaugh's just to be all in in a session with one another would just be amazing but no i i, I hear what you're saying that um that could be cool all right so i think it's eobard no but should we just go ahead and address that one too 
because I don't think that it's Eobard, but I feel like you have to at least acknowledge the reality that there is a likely Eobard Thawne out there who has a Harrison Wells face and could theoretically show up in a blink of an eye and he's no longer there. So, I mean, that's, that is a realistic possibility. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know the direction that like, cause, cause right. That, that, that could be a red herring. It also could be a red. So that, and that could be the thing where it's like, well, or Nash thinks that he's seeing a vision, but he's actually seeing Eobard and Eobard disappears like that to make, you know, try to convince him that it is a vision. You know, there, there, there's which direction are the red herrings going? Are the red herrings going towards Harry is alive or are the red herrings going towards Eobard's alive? And that, the, you know, because I, I think those are kind of the directions, right? right? Is it this is Harry or this is Eobard? I think we're dealing with Harry. I think that for one thing, I, I don't believe that the multiverse is dead because we know that it's not dead. So there's that. I think that Cisco in his kind of, you know, side quest that he's on is going to come to the realization that the multiverse isn't dead. And I think what you're seeing may actually be Harry attempting to contact the other Wells because whatever, whatever means that the multiverse was kind of held together before or whatever kind of interdimensional uh, pathways were there, so to speak um, in that post-crisis world don't seem to be there. So maybe this is his attempt to make contact with earth one because there is a Wells on earth one. Um, and so he's kind of attempting to kind of go through that. Now it could be. So at the end of infinite crisis, or crisis on infinite earths uh there was what like superboy prime uh, a superman a lois uh and a couple like a lex luther sure uh we're all stuck in this a- area alexander right? yeah 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 alexander luther yeah we're we're stuck in a uh non-existence bubble or something yeah it's like, like a little crystal thing whatever yeah yeah and that that led to infinite crisis where everything kind of like split out again uh and they had to like throw superboy prime into the source wall and all that kind of stuff um I wonder if maybe it's a concept kind of like that where we have earth prime and earth prime is, is sort of secluded from the other multiverses, the other earths. Um, but the other, the, maybe there are some earths that were, uh, I don't know. Cause I, I feel like that there's some sort of, like you said, that the, the method of transport between earths and universes is compromised and they can't do it anymore. But I don't know if it's a situation where like there is an Earth two out there. It's just they can't get to it anymore, or there isn't an Earth two, and the Earth two refugees, or or at least uh, Wells is somewhere. Well, but we know that like for example, Earth two Canary is on our Earth. Like, and for whatever reason, this new universe, when she got Martian mind wiped or mind restored or whatever you want to call it, um, she became aware that she was actually like from a different earth than everybody else. She got the memories of her earth two pre-crisis self as opposed to her earth one pre-crisis self. Now she has been the canary of earth prime, but you know, and actually even, so I think, I think this was a discussion that happened on arrow and the, um, the final episode where her dad's even saying like, well, you don't know that sweetheart. I mean, like we, we don't know how this whole thing, maybe part of you is part of her. Maybe y'all are the same person. And she was kind of definitively no, like I like, trust me, that's not it. Like she knows who she is and she is not a amalgam of all the other canaries. I know who I am. I'm a canary playing the canary just like another canary. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I just, I think that I, I think that there, there is, but it is wild though, because there is so much of earth too, that appears to be kind of combined with our earth. Now it's a mystery. And I kind of like it. I kind of dig it. I was I was not feeling yeah. the Nash. I'm feeling I'm feeling whatever's going on here. And it does seem like all of a sudden his storyline has a point because it didn't feel like it had a point before. Um, yeah, and especially with him dropping the hint that you know Harry was getting his intelligence back. Right. So I, I I would be surprised if they don't pay that off somehow with him figuring out a way to survive the collapse of you know, his earth and everything. Right. Right, 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 right. So I'm, I'm very fascinated to see what happens. Cause the other thing too is Jesse. Like I still go back to it. Like, you know, the Jesse and, and, and Harry, you know, they killed him on arrow belt. They did it on arrow. They did it on arrow belt. <laughs> uh, they, so you will never let them, uh, you'll never forget. No, them exactly. Belt. Exactly. So like, you think they got to restore them. 
You can't, you can't just do that. That was a big deal. That was huge. That was probably one of the biggest moments of the entire crisis, and that happened before crisis. So that was that was huge. So um, it's it's a big plot line out there. I'm looking forward to seeing how they they tie it back together. I have a feeling it's going to play into uh, Cisco's side mission as well. Um, and so we'll we'll see what happens. But we want to hear y'all's thoughts. Be sure to send those in, um, which whatever your uh, hairy theories are, we we want to want to see them and read them. Uh, Can I ask a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Where the heck is Ralph? Okay, so I actually wanted to address this prior to to doing a full switch over to to listener feedback because... When, I mean, Cisco, Cisco, we know he, he's out on a little soul searching mission to kind of like do some stuff. We know that. But like Ralph just kind of disappeared. He didn't say he was back on the case, did he? Honestly, there's a lot of characters on this show, Bell. Even even in this episode, uh, I was like, oh, Joe's in this. Hey, everybody, Joe's in this episode. He's in it for like two seconds. And like, you know, in the like he's a very busy man, Bo. late third quarter. But yeah, no, Joe's in this. And then like, it, boy, I think Harry showed up in the middle of it or not Harry, but um, <laughs> Harry did show up in the middle. Uh, <laughs> Harry did show up actually. Yeah. But, uh, but Nash showed up kind of late in the game as well. And it was just very much like, oh, oh, hey, not Harry's here too. Okay. Interesting. So these guys are on this show, but like there's way too many characters. They need at least to like <sighs> slice their cast in half. I know that's terrible, but it's well, sure, way but, like, too can- many. Can we at least get the the you know? I don't know. I don't I even need these. Ralph. I know you love Ralph, and and I've I've come to appreciate Ralph. Obviously, he's got a big plot line coming with uh, Sue. And if you take a look, uh, I, I believe a girl named Sue is a, an episode title. If not next week, then the next. So safe bet is it's just Ralph will be back soon. But but yeah, no, all of these characters have to get shuffled around. Cisco. I mean, think think about what they're doing to Cisco right now. He's gotten shuffled off to the sidelines. Yes, but they they explained that, and it was a thing I don't, that made right, sense. I'm not talking about narratively. I hear what you're saying. Like there needs to be some sort of narrative explanation. I mean, you could throw away a line of like you know Ralph is dealing with the you know uh, fighting killer shark or king shark over in you know Midtown or whatever it may be. But regardless, it's just overall, man, the series is just too bloated. And I mean, there's oh yeah for sure they're great characters, but like that's why like so Allegra. Obviously, Allegra is getting a little bit more of kind of some development with what's going on, which is okay, but it's also like, ugh, we had to kick Cisco off the show for this. Like, why why, why can't we get back to kind of our core characters and really tell some solid stories with them? I think back to Smallville in the final season of that show, they had so few characters, and yet they had some great episodes in there. You can do it. It's possible. You don't have to have this <laughs> massive cast. Um, and I mean, honestly, I, you know, I don't need Ralph. I don't need Allegra. I don't need Cisco girlfriend 2.0, you know, not gypsy, whatever you want to call her. I, you know, I just don't <laughs> need these Camille, right? It's Camille. Uh, I, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. I, I want to keep Cecile. Cecile. I want to, I want to actually kind of keep her, but every, where has she been? But exactly. Where has she been? We saw her last episode. Saw her last week. She had the Cecilia sense or Ce- yeah. Cecile sense rather. <laughs> But um, her, her Cecile Tingle, <laughs> exactly. So, <I> mean, <laughs> right, right, right. But anyway, yes. So overall, just I'm I'm hoping in as much as this season gave us exactly what we wanted and more condensed storylines, uh, with the the split up of kind of the two two narratives uh, in one season. I'm hoping that next season gives us also what we want, which is a much smaller cast. And may I say we? That's what I want. I could be way off on this. But I, f- yeah. I feel like I'm not alone in a desire to kind of, you know. Well, it's one of those things where it's like I don't want it to feel cheap uh, when they when they get rid of characters, and uh, you know that's what I kind of feel like with with Ralph. There's there's been no mention of him, and he's just gone. Whereas you know with with Cisco, it's like okay, yeah, I, I understand why he's gone and why they're not mentioning him because we know and Team Flash knows where he is, but like Team Flash knows where ralph is and they've not mentioned it to us the audience and so and and like you know we have allegra and we have all these other characters i would like there to be uh closure to them because I, I agree like it, it, the the cast is certainly bloated but like i i want there to be a good reason for sending them off that doesn't feel cheap and like we just have to reduce our cast kind of thing you know like oh we're just gonna you know kill off this major character because we can um kind of stuff that you see in a lot of like you know other tv dramas well they kind of they're setting allegra up to be that right like like with other tangential uh wells characters when we lose the wells we lose those characters typically love interests um or daughters 
So here we are with another daughter <laughs> related to another Wells. So once we lose that Wells, we're going to lose that daughter as well. So, I mean, Jess- well. Jesse was a special, special situation. I hope she comes back. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, send us your thoughts on that as well. We'd love to know. Uh, like I said, maybe, maybe I'm way off. Maybe Bell is way off. Let us know. Hey, guys. This is Chad Rook, and you are listening to Flash TV Talk. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, man. We got some listener feedback in. We got the uh, the live chat going tonight. There's been some uh, some good thoughts here. Uh, so this was shared by Terrence Pittman in the chat saying, I love the fact that the writers threw in the line that Iris had a New Year's resolution to learn to cook because the second Barry tested those pancakes and they were good, he would have zoomed her straight into the pipeline. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised he didn't, honestly. And that's really smart work on, you know, Shadow Iris slash Eva to think of that lie really quick. Um, because, yeah, you know, that that's like a, that's a trademark thing is that iris can't cook and so how granted learning to make pancakes is not difficult but still this is iris we're talking i don't know about. man i've had Those... some pretty tragic pancakes in my time terrence also oh, no for sure yeah. but like i mean I, i'm just saying like looking at iris's previous incarnations of pancakes to these is like going from you know starting a fire with sticks to nuclear propulsion yeah okay fair enough uh <laughs> terrence also points out that um let's see oh uh in terms of uh ava uh you would think that if it, if it was in fact or if it is in fact ava that she would have actually gone specifically after her husband at some point which we never actually saw this episode so the fact that she was so tight or, or kind of um laser focused in on barry does kind of call call into question the idea that that is just purely ava yeah, that's why I was kind of thinking that it was uh, it was weird because I, I thought it was, you know, if it was going to be Ava, there would be a, a thing where her going back to investigate McCulloch mm-hmm. and not worrying about Amunet or something or maybe trying to pull Barry off of Amunet to sort of uh, go after McCulloch. But yeah, I, I don't know. That that was uh, that was interesting. Yeah. 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 Also, uh, uh, Korosh and I apologize because I'm Korosh. Korosh. What's Korosh's last name? <laughs> all right karosh just call him kk call him kk uh karosh k in the uh, chat is also no, no, kk i'm not doing that uh we call him kk that's what we call him. that's what you call him yeah wait is he one of your austin peeps yes yeah, well austin he was the guy at the at the house oh party. of course that's right double k Gosh. my bad man what's up okay come on man you know kk <laughs> my bad dude uh he says uh, uh talking about the uh, the anti-monitor it's possible that what we're seeing with harry is related to the anti-monitor uh, doing specifically to him you know we we know that uh you know as much flat flack as pariah got for causing the crisis he also is kind of the reason why um you know why everybody was saved and he seemed to have powers that were never fully explained uh during the crisis and never really addressed again after the crisis yeah and my one gripe about pariah in crisis is that you know he he says I paid my pittance. I had to see millions of worlds die. I think it would have been nice to at least give a scene similar to what Barry got when he went to Earth 2 and, and did the, the or Earth 3 to do the uh, speed helmet thing mm. and like look at all the, the different timelines and everything to kind of give a scene like that to show Nash and show the you know emotional impact that that had on him afterwards so that we as an audience can feel sympathy towards him when you know cisco brings up the very valid point that it's his fault that the multiverse is destroyed because sure he said it it's like i had to see all this stuff but we didn't see that right he told us he told us that we see it we saw barry suffer the death of 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 endless universes and so we know that was emotionally impactful but like wells or or nash just kind of told it to us and so it's kind of hard to like feel bad for him right (laughs) in some regards and so that yeah yeah that was my one complaint about that didn't the anti-monitor wave start before he released the anti-monitor though? Cause we, we know way like worlds were being knocked out prior to crisis starting and he didn't become pariah and release the anti-monitor until crisis started. You know what I mean? Um, Something's off on that. Yeah. I, but then again, you know, like, 
the anti-monitor started his we don't even know how he was imprisoned but he started the the antimatter wave at the beginning of time right so all right so that's a good point there, there's there, there's some temporal but that's my point like, like that. technically speaking he released the anti-monitor but that didn't start the crisis that may have finished it to some extent but that certainly didn't start it yeah and the other thing too because i was thinking while you were saying that like you know, maybe he, maybe when he went to the various Earths, he went to the location where his doppelganger would have been. So he watches literally himself die over and over and over again. Um, but the reality is, is that Harry died, or Harry was wiped out, uh, to to the best of our knowledge anyway. Earth two was certainly wiped out before he became pariah. Yeah. So anyway, good thoughts. But again, yeah. beginning of time, temporal weirdness going on with that. Yeah, it's th- that is that is possible. Yeah. <laughs> That is you possible. need to make a whiteboard for that of, of the the crisis timeline. Uh, ooh, dude, my you know my whiteboards squiggly lines. They are <laughs> yeah, trash. Just be a bunch of squiggly lines. <laughs> I was actually going back through cleaning up some stuff on my phone recently, um, some images, and I came to all of my Eobard personal timelines. I'm like, well, none of this makes any sense anymore. <laughs> like, like <all laughs> you got to start over, dude. Got to start completely over, and like, there's oh, just man. so much unknown. Now it's just like when he shows up and says something, that is going to be the start of how we try to figure out what on earth has been going on with them. Uh, all right, so we also got uh, Mark uh, Vibert, or uh, yeah, Vibert in the uh, the chat. He's saying Amunet was a lot in this episode. wasn't over overacting, but definitely chewing the scenery. Anything, uh, anytime she was on screen. Oh yeah, no, it is very clear that actress has a, a ton of fun with that character, and that character has oh, always yeah. been, you know, just super over the top, like British caricature to the extreme. Yeah, I, I want to say there. I saw an interview with uh, Katie Sackhoff, who plays Amunet, and she was talking about how much she just loves that character oh, yeah. and how ridiculous she gets to do. And like her smile is just like, a, like she should be the Joker, you know? Right. <laughs> like with that smile. I mean, come on. Like, it, yeah, she's definitely over the top and definitely crazy. But again, you know, my Legends poisoned brain <laughs> loves that kind of stuff. <laughs> Not poisoned, spiked, because Legends is great. I, I, you look. It is, it is, but it's still, it's still brain cancer. <laughs> That might be a little too 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 heavy on that one, but no. Look, man, I think that uh, she is a great character. I would, I do think that she would work a lot better on Legends as a regular. I think that she deserves to be a, a regular on Legends, with maybe a little bit of flash here and there. But she's just not Captain Cold. You know what I mean? Like, like well, I could see her and Mick having like, oh yeah, a relationship. That would be great. Absolutely, they'd, they'd be able to play off each other wonderfully. But but my point though is that like in this episode there was the kind of the you know oh I know who you are your secret identity so I'm gonna get away with some stuff and that's kind of what Barry and Cold had. But Wentworth Miller's Captain Cold was also that kind of cheesy villain, but done so in a very sinister, flash, tonally accurate way. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, I, I will agree with you on that. Uh, Wentworth Miller was totally accurate for the show, I, and I love his Captain Cold. It was perfect. Oh, man, go back and rewatch that in season one where he makes that video and everything. It's fantastic. Yeah, like Katie Sackhoff's Amunet is like pitch perfect the goofiness of the comic book version of some of the mm, rogues. That's good. No, you're right. I, yeah, that, that's 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 kind of how I feel, right? Is that like Wentworth Miller is the is the Flash ultimate, like, you know, version of captain cold and katie sackhoff is like the ultimate personification of the comics version of the ridiculousness of the rogues weird and wacky episode man you know i actually went back and looked at the um the writers for this episode because i was just kind of like wait what and then you know these this this writing team has written some of like my favorite episodes of the series so it's not like i think they just really wanted to do a crazy weird one for valentine's day and they they did it well, again, like, you know, I, I don't it wasn't a bad episode. It was it was an uncharacteristic episode, which I think made a lot of people yeah, you know, holidays. which turned off a lot of people. It's right. Fine. Like, like, yeah, like I, I, you know, I mean, that that's my opinion is I don't think it was poorly written or like poorly acted or just bad and like that kind of I mean we've had some of those episodes before right I don't I don't feel like that with this I feel like it was completely uncharacteristic it was a tonal for, thing. that's a good point yeah though. yeah no the yeah, writing it, was it, on it, point it, the acting was great it was appropriate for what it was it's just tonally it just felt off but again yes. talk about sticking the landing one of the best like endings of the series that we've had in a very long time I don't think I've ever been that excited uh, at the end of an episode for uh, a long time, everything, even even building up to crisis, the end, ending of each episode was not nearly as edge of your seat. What's going on? It, there was almost a feeling that brought me back to the pilot episode. I think that's the one where you see Har- like uh, Harrison stand up or something of that nature. And so immediately, oh yeah, 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 it's just a switch. You think you know what's going on, and then completely, you know, 
completely the the tables have been turned it's it's a whole new ball game so excited to see what happens and uh we look forward to uh seeing what 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 goes on next week with uh, all these episodes this season as things start building up and as we get some more clarity because there are so many questions out there if you got some thoughts we want to hear them you can of course send those into the show you can uh, follow us on twitter tweet them in at flash tv talk you can also reach out to us personally at the real bow york is me and at ring that bell is bell but if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com that's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com. Also, the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, multiple channels, probably not Facebook. To be honest, we haven't been very good on that aspect of Facebook, but Facebook is where you can go to tune in for the live show, facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, for, who provides music for our show. You can check out the rest of his awesome stuff at SoundCloud.com slash Charlie Bach. That's right. We're a proud member of the TVTalk.fm for all your TV talking needs. Hey, as I mentioned at the top of the show, this show is made possible by our patrons over at Patreon.com slash TVTalk. Help us get to that Earth 90 flash TV talk. We want to make it happen, but we need your help and support to do it. Uh, Patreon.com slash TVTalk. Find out more there. Or you can also join our Discord, which apparently will spoil the episodes for you. So I'm sorry, guys. I'll... I'll... <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I, I think everything was fine there. It's like everybody was keeping the discussion to the uh, um, the, the the spoiler channel, but like there, there's on the iOS notifications, you can have it just show okay. notification okay, good. and not show the text. So that was on me for not hiding uh, text, like the actual written text of the notification for Discord. Sweet. That means no tech support work for me. And until No, 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 no. And until next week, we'll be back in a flash. <laughs>